Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Rocky Mountain Surgery. This is Allie here, recording solo this week. My colleague Jason is representing the University of Colorado down in Florida at ASC for this year, so we wish him good luck and congratulations on his presentation down there on trauma-induced coagulopathy and TBI. Very exciting. But I'd like to switch gears and take you guys along with me to an event I went to this week hosted by the Surgical Society, which is made up of University of Colorado medical students. They had a very nice women in surgery event this week, which the aim was to pair medical students of all clinical years or all years period with some surgical residents as well as some surgical attendings. And everybody in the room had two X chromosomes. So this was a women in surgery event, really trying to pair interested medical students with possible resident and faculty mentors and being able to ask the questions of like, what is it like being a woman in surgery? How do you get there? What's some good advice for me? Are there any pitfalls along the way? Things like that. And so we're very excited to take you guys along with us, and we thank the Surgical Society for allowing us to record this event. We'll start off with a conversation that I had with some medical students of different clinical years. I think that one of these medical students was a second year, and one was a third year. And some of the questions they had for me about how I made my decisions along the way. So we're here at Infinite Monkey Theorem with some excellent medical students who are interested in careers in surgery and what is that like as a woman? So will you ask that question again about mentorship now that I'm being nerdy and turning on my microphone? Yes, I'm interested in how you approached mentorship as a medical student. Stacy, any thoughts about this? I'm here with Stacy, who's one of the second year residents. Uh, mentorship, I think sometimes it just kind of finds you or like you kind of start relating to one of your chiefs and you're like oh my god they're amazing they're great Nicole is one of our most awesome chiefs and she's here tonight and they just kind of like the chiefs that show up and they help you with your notes or like what orders do you need to do or like hey this is your case you're gonna do it like just go just start you know those are the people that you really appreciate especially as an intern and people that kind of are there for you I think that that's a good point that mentors don't necessarily need to be attendings, that your mentors can also be your senior residents because they really are your mentors like on the day-to-day basis guiding you through things. Um, Jason and I actually were talking about this earlier today as to like how to find mentors throughout training, how to find mentors throughout residency. I actually, if I had career advice finding a job, questions about fellowship, I would even go back and talk to one of my mentors who I made in medical school because we were so close, who's a surgeon. But I think that in terms of mentorship, you've got to pick people who have similar decision-making styles to you, but also people who would push you. And so I think you kind of like gather this cornucopia of people to help you make different decisions. Like, And they don't necessarily have to be in your same field, but I think they have to be people who understand what your goals are and would advocate for you and help you, like, figure out what is actually best for you. So you find people who are similar to you. Like, I can think of surgical oncologists, trauma surgeons, all people who I've worked with closely who may or may not be going into what I want to do. But I would ask them for, like, specific bits of advice about different things. Like, in terms of fellowship, I think it's important to talk to people who are in that field. But if you're talking about 
about going forward in your operating skills. Like, what can I do better during this? I think that every person who teaches you on a day-to-day basis could be a mentor for you. So you just have to figure out who jives with you, who's a good communicator, and who is actually a good teacher. That would be my biggest advice. Do you, do you remember your first mentor that you felt like you actually uh, connected with in medical school? Yes. So there are two that come to mind. Um, when I was a medical student, we went on this clinical week to somewhere in North Carolina. That's where I went to medical school. And we worked with a community practitioner. And my person that I was assigned to was an OBGYN. And he totally shepherded me. Like, I knew absolutely nothing. Um, and we went to the operating room together. And the first cases I ever did were with him. So I thought that that was great. And at that point in time, I thought I wanted to be an OBGYN. So I'm interested to talk to you guys. If there's, if you're considering multiple things, I think that's totally fine and appropriate right now. But the other thing I would say is that between my first and second year of medical school, I went to, a, I went on a trip abroad, uh, like a medical mission trip almost, but a more sustainable version of that with a trauma surgeon who is the person who I'm talking about now. Like I would call him and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Really anything within my residency, I would call and talk to him about. So that being said, both of those are surgical specialties. I think that your mentors become the people who are similar to you. You choose a field based on personalities a lot of the time. But you could have mentors in anything from med school, I think. Um, well, it's about like OB-GYN versus general surgery and sort of making the decision between a med surge specialty and a strict surgical specialty. What, what was the defining moment that you decided, okay, I'm going to be a surgical resident? Do you have an answer to this question too? Were you thinking about it too, Stacey? I am thinking about it. So, um, Sorry, I missed part of it, but I think I'll say that as, especially if you go into general surgery, I think that you're both, you practice surgery and you practice medicine. You have to know how to treat your patients. You need to know the pre-op, the post-op, everything. You need to recognize issues that are coming up. Sometimes your patient is has chronic iron deficiency anemia, and you need to know how to treat it and how to diagnose it, what labs to order, and that's not a surgery, quote-unquote, thing that people think of. But um, I think especially as um, general surgeons, you have to... Yeah, you get kind of everything. I can tell you, I know the exact moment when I changed my mind. And then I'll tell you about two years later when I actually changed my career decision. (laughs) So uh, when I went to medical school, I thought I wanted to do GYN oncology because I knew I wanted to be a cancer surgeon. And I liked that you followed the patients long time. You get to do their surgery and their chemotherapy, which is unique to GYN oncology. Like, that's still cool. Um, and then I had that great experience with the OBGYN at, during my community week, so that further reinforced that. I never really liked the obstetrics part of OBGYN, but if you become a GYN oncologist, you don't practice obstetrics, so I was not deterred. Um, and then I, when I went to Malawi with my mentor, we were working with a urogynecologist who fixes obstetric fistulas. And he had a patient in his clinic who ended up with a colon perforation after a procedure who became septic. And the cure for her was an exploratory laparotomy with a bowel resection. And in that situation of limited resources, my mentor, who was a trauma surgeon, knew what to do. And the very talented and very good um, OBGYN 
was not qualified for that specific situation. And so I wanted to be somebody who knew what to do at least almost all of the time. That was important to me to be like, to really know what to do. Somebody's like, what, am, what is Allie doing with the microphone? <laughs> um, and so that's when I changed my mind, but it actually took me two years later to change my mind on paper and decide that I wanted to do surgery. When I did my third year clerkships is when I changed my mind on paper because I liked my burn rotation. I liked taking trauma call. I loved surgical oncology. It was everything that I wanted out of GYN oncology, plus the ability to truly know what I was doing in all areas of the patient. And when you know, when you like burn surgery and taking care of patients like that, like you know I just want to be a general surgeon. And I felt like GYN oncology was such a limited field. Like There are so many things I can do out of general surgery, so that's when I truly changed. And I changed my schedule from a fourth-year OBGYN schedule in the middle of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And you so matched into... And here I am. So, yeah. By changing your schedule, do you mean you changed your interviews? No. So, in the middle of third year, you make your schedule for fourth year, and that schedule is tailored to, like, what you actually are going into and the requirements for that. And so I changed from, you know, fourth-year electives or acting internships in OBGYN to general surgery. Next up, we kind of stood around in a circle and introduced ourselves. It was a pretty good showing, I would say, um, with quite a few surgical attendings, which encompass really all of the disciplines of surgery that you see in an academic hospital and some of the questions that the medical students had for us. But we, we start off... Um, answering who we are, what we do, and advice that we have for any of the women medical students choosing a career in surgery. Uh, I'm Lauren Stewart. I'm one of the trauma acute care surgery attendings, also in surgical critical care as well. My piece of advice is learn as much as you can from everyone. You'll never know when you need the various different uh, ways to do things in order to get through a case. Am I next? Yeah. Hi, I'm Allie. I'm one of the research residents. I'm currently doing research in thoracic oncology. As far as my future career path, I've considered doing thoracic um, because I like oncology, but I also like the idea of doing transplant. But I also went to surgery residency thinking that I was going to become a surgical oncologist, so I'm still very interested in that. As far as advice for you guys going into my path, you really have to love this job. So if there is nothing that you can see yourself doing more than this, then you should become a surgeon. And I think you going through your rotations, if you really feel that, then you should pursue this because it is awesome, but it is hard. Dr. J. Swall. Here, I'm just going to stand beside you. <laughs> is there a mic? Can you hear me? Okay. I'm Shama Jaiswa. I'm a breast surgeon at Denver Health. Um, and my piece of advice is actually just to, I know many of you may feel daunted by the number of years of residency that surgery entails, right? Five to seven years is a long time, but it's actually a very wonderful journey. And to think about that the life of a resident is very different than the life of an attending. So you can do anything for five to seven years. You can get through it. And and look at the lifestyle and the the the, the the um, achievements and the, the, the of the attendings and so because that's where ultimately you're not going to be a resident forever <laughs> it will end <laughs> and you will be an attending at some point I'm Alicia Gladden I'm a fifth year resident uh, second year research 
probably going to go into breast uh, surgery. And I guess my piece of advice would be don't forget who you are outside of medicine and what is important to you in your life and use that to guide your decisions. I'm Stacy Plotkin, I'm one of the second year residents, general surgery right now, but hoping for vascular surgery fellowship probably afterwards. Everyone's given such great advice, but uh, I guess I can echo some thoughts would be love what you do and work really hard doing it. Definitely make sure to remember who you are and do what makes you happy and also never lie and work hard. Um, so I'm Jennifer Bruni. I'm a pediatric surgery attending with a focus on oncology uh, over at Children's. So you should come see us because you can do everything there. Um, <laughs> but as far as advice, I think um, when you go through your rotations in your third and fourth year, I think people get a little dissuaded by, by who they like. And we are all these like wonderful attendings that you're going to meet. But don't do surgery because you like us. Like really focus on the work and what it is you do every day and everything. And don't get dissuaded by like, oh, I had a really cool resident on this rotation. And so then it was fun. Um, so really focus on, okay, am I going to be able to do this when that person's not around anymore? All right. I'm Elisa Birnbaum. I'm a colorectal surgeon. I um, actually practice at Washington University for 27 years and then came here about six months ago um, for many reasons and that's too long to tell. Am I, um, I have lots of advice and I will give it freely. My, la my latest advice though is stay off the Debbie Downer internet sites. Okay, Don't listen to the people around the country that are saying they're burnt out or they're whatever or they wish they had gone into business or whatever. Do what you love to do and ignore the negativity. So I'm Liz Pomfret and I'm a chief of transplant surgery and I've been in Colorado for a little over a year and a half now. Um, my advice to you is uh, number one, there's no substitute for passion. So be passionate about what you want to do. Don't worry about other people's stories. Decide what you love, what you're passionate about and go for it and stay off all that Debbie Downer thing. The other thing I would say is when, when I was just listening to, to you, you talking about, you know, people versus the job, look at the bread and butter of what that specialty does and ask yourself, is that what I can see myself doing day in and day out? Is that exciting to me? Is that appealing to me? which will lead you to transplantation because it's the most <laughs> exciting thing you could possibly do. But, um, but I, I think, you know, everybody always talks about mentors, mentors, find a mentor. You know, you're not going to find somebody who's the perfect person for you. So take bits and pieces of, of a lot of different people and make your own model and your own path. Oh, my turn? My name is Gretchen Arendt. I'm also relatively new here. I've been here about eight months. Um, I'm the head of the breast program, and I'm a full-time breast surgeon. And I can't hear a word anybody else said, so I'm probably <laughs> going to repeat what people said. But I agree. You have to find what you love, and you really want to see what people are doing like 10 years out from their training. Don't look at what people are doing in their training. Look at what they're doing 10 years out from their training. And ask yourself, do I see myself doing that? Because that's what your life's going to be like. But have fun along the way someone who saw it 10 years out. <laughs> um, I'm Nicole. I'm one of the chief surgery residents. I'm going into breast, uh, so starting fellowship next year. And I think my advice is throw yourself into it. The better idea you have of what it means to be a surgeon, the better prepared you are to make the decision. And I think 
that expectation management is what makes you happy and satisfied with your job and your career. And so, you know, the more you do now as a medical student figuring out what surgery means and what it means for you, I think the happier and more focused and more prepared to follow all the rest of this amazing advice you'll be as a surgery resident. I'm the other Allie, and I'm one of the second years in general surgery. Um, my interests include plastic and reconstructive surgery, breast and endocrine. Those are kind of my three right now. Um, since rank lists are due pretty soon, I guess my advice would be um, once a program has fulfilled all your big criteria in terms of being able to obtain a certain fellowship or a certain number of cases or experience in trauma, etc., see where you fit in the best, what kind of people you can see yourself around 80 hours a week because that's going to be your life for five to seven years, and so that matters a lot. So I would take that into consideration after your big milestones are hit. So I'm Anna Gleisen, one of the surgical oncologists, and I think my advice would be to be open-minded about all specialties. I think it's very hard to decide in, in when the residents come in the first year. A lot of people have ideas what they want. I mean, that changes a lot. But when you go interview, you have to be, people kind of expect you to know what you want, so be a little, at least fake well, that you know what you want, but be open-minded because there's multiple specialties that you won't be able to, you know, to experience until you're actually in residency, so Try not to decide super early, but do sound like you did when you go interview. So, so I'm Kendra Conson. I'm one of the transplant surgeons. Liz is my boss. Um, and in that case, it's actually better to be lucky than good. So <laughs> having Liz is great. But um, I think my biggest piece of advice, transplant was a late find for me. So I think the thing I want to say is nothing is ever permanent. And if you find something late that you love, switch into it because it makes it totally worthwhile. So I'm Mihan, I'm a fourth year. I'm going into cardiothoracic surgery. Piece of advice, I don't know, be happy every day. I mean, this is like the best privilege that you can have. So, yeah. I love that last part of advice for Mihan, that you should be happy because you do get the privilege to do the best job in the world. Um, to end on that, I think is a great note. I would just add, if you guys have any additional questions for us, please feel free to send us an email at rmspod at outlook.com. Or you can check us out on Twitter and send us a question there at rmspod. Thanks for listening and take care.